Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. I'm Ben Mayfield, and ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the studio. I'm so excited. I, uh, you know, I've had surgery on my sinuses, on my nose, and so I probably sound the same, but that took me out of commission, and then, you know, once again, doing schoolwork and getting my doctorate has kept me occupied and, and living life, you know, working the church, you know, we're getting ready to go on a mission trip, and we got a, we had a senior trip to Dollywood, and so I've had a lot of little life distractions, but I constantly have people ask me, hey, when's the next episode, when are y'all coming back, when are you going to do stuff, so I'm like, all right, I'm committing myself, at least for the month of June and July, for the summer, you know, where it's going to be a buffalo summer, I'm calling it right now. We're doing episodes. It's a new season, uh, season two. We've redone the studio. I've made it more, you know, casual. Where you know, got some chairs and it's more comfortable to record. And so I got Nathan Dickens in here today. Y'all know Nathan. It's just the two of us. The two of us doing an episode, and it's actually like really good. I'm really excited about it. It's just some casual conversation about life, and we're just really loving it. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode of that, and also. As we get into season two, we have some merch. We have t-shirts for 10 bucks. It's the same shirts. So we got green and red, limited edition. Uh, we also have some hats that are 20 bucks. And with every order, I'll throw in some stickers uh, because we have a bunch of stickers still. So, love y'all. Thank you for supporting the podcast and listening. And if you could, spread the word. Tell somebody. Tell somebody about the podcast. That's the number one way to get this thing you know, off the ground and, and back into a rhythm is, is telling people that we're back in the studio. So we love you. We're thankful for all that you do. And thank you for listening to the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life. Things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. When you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare. The Great White Buffalo. The Great White Buffalo. Podcast with Ben Mayfield. Well, welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. I'm Ben Mayfield, and ladies and gentlemen, today, pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. We are in season two of the Great White Buffalo Podcast, and to my, I guess my uh, that seat of honor, the one that's across from me, because you know we've remodeled for season two. Is the one that you all love and know is Mr. Nathan Dickens. How are you, Nathan? I'm great, Ben. Nathan, how does it feel to be on the premiere of season two? You know, if I could tell you uh, that uh, one day I would be doing this, if I could have looked into the future, I wouldn't believe it. I mean, this just feels amazing. <laughs> to be on season two. Now, you're probably wondering, what makes this season two? What I was thinking about that. What does make this season two, Ben? <laughs> um, you know, I've remodeled. The room, so it looks great for all those who can't see it. Yeah, we'll we'll post the picture on Instagram, uh, so y'all can see it. Because we we had the model where we I had a table that Billy built mm-hmm. and Ursula painted, and I still had that table. It's one of those things when I become like super famous, it's going to be like yep. in the Ben Museum, you know? Absolutely. Um, and so I took that table and I, and I took it outside the studio. And I kind of went with the format. We have two chairs. They're like they're cushion chairs. Uh, what do we call these? Like like a little recliner type thing. Yeah, recliner. Type. Doesn't doesn't recline, but, uh, but single a, chair. Single, single chair. chair. Yeah, 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 but they're like cushion. They're not yeah. just like metal chairs. And so we have those. We have a, a third chair. You know, if we have a third mic, and we have the fourth mic over where the um, the producer Matt sits and all that. So we had this, and I was like, you know what? I just want to redo it. I want to make it a little more casual. You know, where we can talk, it's a little more comfortable because the last episode we did, you know, we had our really good buddies Garrett and Winston and Josh, uh, McKeever in here. And I was I was kinda of in this weird mood, just like not because of them, just because of what life was at the time. But I was like, I just gotta do something different. I don't wanna sit behind this table or this desk and yeah. And so I wanted to be a little more comfortable. And so I was like, you know what? I'm redoing it. I'm redoing the whole studio. I'm not going to quit the podcast. Like, we're coming back strong. We've been on a hiatus for probably like two months now. Two months. Wow. Yeah. And like, it's awesome in the sense of I get people texting me literally once a week going, hey, you're going to do another episode. Hey, where's the Great White Buffalo podcast? Yeah. And it's random. It's people that I wouldn't think of who listen to this like podcast. 
you know, because it says like, you know, you have like 200 to 250 downloads. Well, it doesn't tell me who that is. Yeah. And so you have like these most random people. Uh, Let, like, I, I like that you're being modest. I'm sure you get more than a text a week. I'm sure people are hitting you up all day, just, just day constant. and night, just like, where is it? I need it. Give it to me. I need more. Like mostly sponsors. You mostly know, sponsors you that know. are getting mad because they're like, our ads are running. Yeah, and, like Walmart calls me up yeah. and says, hey, man, like, you know, we're big sponsors. Absolutely. And I was like, well, I'll carry my merch more often. So, But anyways, and so like, I was like, you know what? I want to do it. I'm feeling good. Summertime. And so I got Nathan, obviously, hit him up because he's about to go on vacation. And so I was like, let's, let's do an episode. We'll start it off. So it's the season of this new. This is it. This is it. It feels great. feels great. It does. does. it feel more comfortable sitting in it the chair? It feels more comfortable. I feel more relaxed. I feel like I should have a cigar and, you know, a nice little bourbon drink or something. But, you know, I mean, it, it just feels relaxing. I'm, I'm excited for this new format and where this season's going to go. Yeah. I, uh, and I'm thinking, too, I want to have a couple more interview type episodes like get people in here like Vanessa Myers who yeah. who's an author and children's director uh she's written a book uh getting Betsy uh in here who's okay. a musician yeah. like just getting some more people in here to interview and talk to them yeah. and and we're also going to do you know obviously Nathan and I like to talk about spiritual elements of our faith and all that but also get some comedy up in here for sure so we're going to well, have and, some and this is the perfect Perfect format for it. Yeah, I really think it this is. This is great. The setting, the mood. It's. I think. I think you're onto something. I always get. I always love it because I've had a couple of people in here, and if you come into the studio, it is super Ben, but it's, but if to know super Ben, it's also super nerdy. Like I have. I mean, I have things on the wall that Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, Power Rangers, Power Rangers, Marvel. But we don't discuss that at all. Like no. it doesn't really make sense. No, I feel like people that have never been in here or know you like a little bit but don't know you super well, they would probably be uh confused <laughs> and also like they would just be amazed at what this room really is. Yeah, that's true. Because this, I mean, I even have sports stuff on the on the ceiling, and I don't really watch a whole lot of sports. Uh, go Hawks! So they just won the first round of the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, but Nathan, what, uh, how's your day been? We'll talk about it. it's summertime. Like it's it's hot outside. We went tubing the other day. But how's your day been? Man, it's been it's been uh, it's been a good day. It's been busy. Uh, you know, I've been uh, uh, house sitting, uh, and so I've been going back and forth from my house to the other house and uh, trying to get stuff done in my house before going on vacation. You know, cutting the grass, doing laundry, cleaning, all that type of stuff, but also trying to watch this other house and take care of their dogs. and um, So it's it's been a day, to say the least. It has been. And Saturday is kind of a big day with your dad, right? Yeah, tomorrow is a, a big day for my, my dad. He is getting ordained into the Methodist Church oh, as an ordained that's tomorrow, elder. Saturday. That's tomorrow Tomorrow Saturday. Oh, I was thinking like next week. No, no, no. no. Next Saturday is Joe Cop's wedding. He was on an episode a little yeah, while yeah. ago. Uh, but no, tomorrow's Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's uh, my dad's ordination service, and he's well, been working on that. Gonna for, be? He's uh, going to be an ordained elder, oh, an elder in the dang. United Methodist Church, which is cool. He's been uh, pursuing after that for, you know, man, it seems like five years now, because um, he's had some... He's had to take one year off for health reasons, and then there was a couple years that he got deferred, and so he's been working real hard at this. I'm super proud of him. Yeah, um, awesome. And so they finally uh, passed him uh, through, and so uh, yeah, he's going to so be, be in full tomorrow. connection. He'll be an elder in full connection. Wow. Um, so we got to get him on the podcast because he's a, also, for those who don't know, Ed Dickens, retired colonel, right? Uh, Lieutenant colonel. Lieutenant he colonel. He did 29 or 28 years in the army. Um, and then, uh, yeah, retired as a lieutenant colonel and then started, uh, his master's of divinity, started feeling called into ministry, uh, about two years, a year or two before he retired, which was a big deal. Uh, not that my father was uh, a wild, crazy man, but you would, uh, not expect him to become a pastor. Uh, but I guess the Lord works that way sometimes. So, uh, yeah, but he's been on this journey kind of ever since. And, uh, He's been dedicated to it, and you know he for the years that he kept getting deferred, and uh, the years he had to kind of take a, a year off for health reasons and stuff. I just you know I asked him one time. I was like, you know what, 
what's what's the deal with all this? You're getting towards retirement age. Like, you don't have to do this. He's retired from the Army, successful career, high Army officer. Um, and he just said, you know, God's called me um, to, to pursue the ordination in the United Methodist Church. He said he didn't tell me that I was going to get ordained or that uh, it would ever happen for me, but he... I feel called to do this, and so I'm just going to continue to be faithful until he says otherwise. And he's been faithful, so I'm I'm super proud of him, and I'm hoping I can get to go uh, see him get ordained. If not, I'll watch it online. Man, that's awesome. I uh, I, I recently have been I joined a candidacy group. I got nominated by a senior pastor of mine, Chris Lasky. Shout out to Chris. And he and the two associates, Kathy and Pistol, were like, "But we feel like there's a calling in your life to do ministry outside of you know just doing student ministry to you know go for uh, ordination, yeah. if that's the correct uh, terminology. I don't want to misspeak, but I went. I went to it. And I, I wasn't really sure. I've never like, and I told him this. I was like, "Listen, I love student ministry, and I do feel called to help students learn about Jesus." Like yeah. to feel connected with them, to build a relationship with them, um, the freedom, the love that it comes with, like building a relationship with Christ. But I've never felt like I just had a moment where a beam of light came in and was like, "Oh, Ben, you yeah. must become ordained in the Methodist Church." Like I've never felt that call, and they all kind of chuckled. It was like, "Well, none of us really have like one of them kind of did, but most of them just yeah. kind of like felt that that tug." I'm yeah. like, you should do maybe go a little further, a little bit more. And so I've been exploring it. I'm in this cohort. In the cohort, you kind of are become an official candidate, and mm-hmm. you choose either elder or deacon or licensed local. And um, I'm super excited about exploring that and, yeah. and seeing what it takes. I know the Methodist Church is in a real divisive uh, season right For now. Sure. But, you know... When that's all hopefully settled and and people are still you know trying to bring people to the kingdom, I can be in a good position to help people. And yeah. uh, I've always been, and this is I'm being vulnerable when I say this. One of my biggest insecurities with my relationship with Christ is I feel like I have a good emotional and spiritual connection with Him. Mm-hmm. I've been through a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of pain and hurt and death and, and struggle, and so I feel like I've leaned on God and have a really yeah. good connection. My biggest insecurity is biblical knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I've worked with people who can, like, go, oh, you're struggling with this? You should read Romans chapter 8, verse 34. It talks about this. Yeah. Or like, oh, do you know the story of so-and-so? And I didn't grow up in the church, so even like those like uh, Sunday school lessons that you learn about, you know, David and Goliath, you know, or Moses, I had to like go like read those and relearn those. I didn't mm-hmm. have the, you know, the upbringing of all the different stories of the Bible. And so I think what's really cool is like whenever I feel kind of insecure, I tried to learn. I tried to mm-hmm. grow and try to learn and I done with the like the world of education, you know, I wanted to learn more so I went and got my masters. I wanted to be able to do more so now I'm getting my doctorate in education. Mm-hmm. And so what's one of the cool things I've learned about this kind of pursuing this ordination is you know, it's not just to learn cuz you can do that as a lay leader, you can do that as a non-clergy person, you can just go read your bible and mm-hmm. learn. But it's like I'm using this knowledge, I feel like to help people have a deeper, more meaningful connection with Christ. Mm-hmm. Because I can, I call it pie. This might sound dumb to some people, but in my head, it's practical, intellectual, and emotional. And so whenever I'm trying to develop a message to my students, I want to make sure I have each element to make a full pie. Because some people need practical stuff with mm-hmm. Jesus. Like, how can I do this on a day-to-day basis? Why is it going to help me out? What's the practical stuff? intellectual are those people who are just like i need to learn like what does this mean on the mm-hmm. grand scope of life and the emotional are those who like obviously have to feel a heart connection and i think i have the p and the e mm-hmm. i'm just really working on that i and so i'm just excited about that i'm not going yeah. on a huge tangent about it but that's you know if you ever listening and like i, I one of the things I, I read at one time on instagram or was a book or maybe i don't know was a CEO, and you may have talked about this once on the podcast, 
where like a CEO talked about the people who are like really good with their strengths, go work on your strengths. Yeah. Don't always focus on your weaknesses because you spend all your time and effort fixing your weaknesses or work on your weaknesses when that's not your natural gifts. Have yeah. someone who comes in there and works on like hiring someone who is maybe a, a certain area. And so I say that because, you know, I don't think I need to put all my energy on the I. You know, if you're really good with the P and the E, a practical and, and emotional connection with, with the Spirit of God, like, then just work on that yeah. and do good with that. And then maybe do a little bit with the I, uh, but not put all your focus on the I and n- negate the P and the E. And so I think people who are listening who are probably don't care about Ben's pie, but I think there's some good life lessons there of like how we can, you know, if you feel insecure about a certain area within your life, well, then take some steps to like work towards that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, that totally makes sense. That's, yeah, you're um, kind of like the, I guess you'd say strengths finders or whatever. And I forget what, which book it was that I was reading. Um, I couldn't remember if it was Crucial Accountability or it was something else, some leadership thing book. But they were talking about, um, they, they talked to some people who were like CEOs and stuff of Fortune 500 companies or whatever, uh, and what they they found was that the successful ones are the ones that were able to lean into their weaknesses or lean into their strengths, and they'd find people um, where they were weakest, where that's where their strengths were. Mm. And so they did a, uh, some sort of test. I forget what it is. It was with kids who could speed read. And what they did is they took kids that were like the top 10th percentile or whatever in speed reading, and then they took like your average kids that could read. And they went through the same class with the same professor and had the same lesson. The kids that were already gifted at it, and I can't remember the actual numbers. Let's say, um, you know, I I don't know what the average is for words a minute or whatever it was. But the kids who were already better at it, when they leaned into it and after going through that class with that uh, teacher and all that, they were able to speed read exponentially higher than what they already were. The kids that were average in it, they went through the same class and the same thing. And although their score, like they were able to read a little bit more, it wasn't exponentially higher. And so that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, if you're weak in some area, you just throw it out and be like, okay, whatever, like done. It's just whenever you're running a company or let's say a ministry, you're doing all that. I think there's a part of being able to be humble and say and delegate and understand that's not my absolute strength, but I'm going to find people, empower them, and trust them to that are in like their strengths are in the areas that I'm weakest at, and be able and and you can start you can work in a better, healthier environment because a lot of times what you're strongest at are kind of your natural giftings, and so for you, like you were saying, with the P and the E, you are naturally more gifted that way. doesn't mean that you can't be intellectual. doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to learn more or do all that. But it's one of those things that you can get better at those things, but don't forget. Sometimes people are like, I'm already strong, like really strong at this. And then they work so hard in their weaknesses, and they're going to improve in some of those things, but not as much as they could if they'd have focused with where they're already naturally gifted at. Again, that doesn't mean that you just throw up your hand like, oh, I'm not good at organizing, so I'm not going to organize anything. No, but it's just one of those things, recognizing where you're gifted at and getting better at those things um, and being able to empower other people and entrust other people with certain areas, and you can work in a lot more um, fluid and healthy environment. It kind of reminds me a little bit when you say that. I had a situation at work one time where these two co-workers, if you will, were complaining about in the in the student ministry we have a which you know I came up with this idea of putting a giant chalk calendar. Yeah. So it's a monthly calendar. It has like when we have youth or Bible study or a Friday fun day or whatever it may be. And I think I don't know, I can't remember exactly when it was, but like the current month was September and August was up there still. We had yeah. to update it to September. And we also have these things around the youth house that have like picture frames from different events. So say like, uh, you know, a mission trip, and I had pictures from the mission trip. And so some of those pictures were not updated. 
And I heard these two kind of talking behind my back, doing some dissension, you know, of talking about and complaining. And and I went and it, first of all, hurts my heart, you know, hurts my feelings. People would yeah. just say that. And so, but I had like this like this courageous like moment where I just I, I went up to him and I said, "Hey, listen, we all have strengths and weaknesses." You know, I spend a lot of time trying to come up with like a really good message on Sunday. I try to build really good community and make mm-hmm. people feel welcomed. You know, we have a lot of students that come meet with me uh, during the week or after school for like a little bit of counseling or guidance. Um, I have these really good Bible studies where we meet and the kids are, feel really involved. That's where I like I really put a lot of good energy in. They're kind of looking at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They acknowledge like, yeah, you're doing a really good job. It's like there's some things. That I'm not good at. And I'll admit, I'm mm-hmm. not perfect. I just, I overlook things. I said, that calendar that you're speaking of, and like their eyes kind of like lit up of like, oh God, here, what we're saying is like, I don't look at that. It just doesn't come on my radar. Those pictures doesn't come on my radar. Yeah. If it comes onto your radar and it's out of date or it's not working quite right, just come talk to me. Say, hey, Ben. This is not updated. Let's update this. Yeah. And I'll totally go, oh, man, you're so right. Let's do this. And I think we had a, a kind of a healing moment of them realizing, okay, I shouldn't be talking behind someone's back. Like, that's not mm-hmm. cool. But it was also them kind of acknowledging, like, oh, there are areas that some people are good at or not good at that I, like, if you're good at something that I'm not good at, I will acknowledge, like, hey, you're really good at that. But it, it creates a cooperativeness, like a, a cooperation with one another yeah. to become more of a team. And I think that's what's really cool about having like friends, you know, or a community of believers. It's like we need different perspectives. We need people that had different strengths. We're all different. We're all uniquely made. We're created on purpose yeah. and for a purpose. And it's going to be different. And so instead of like looking at people and maybe attacking, you know, them comparatively to what you can do, praise them for the things that they're able to do, you know? Well, and you you work in a more effective and efficient and more fulfilling way. So one of the things that they found in experimenting with kind of the strengths and weaknesses parts is that especially like if you were to lean into your weaknesses all the time, you're going to experience burnout and you're not going to feel fulfilled in what you're doing, even though you love what you're doing, because you're having to put so much more effort into it and it's something you're already not naturally gifted in. Now, again, that doesn't mean that, okay, well, I'm not gifted in this, so I'm just not going to do it. You have to do things and work that even you love that, you know, may not be the most fun thing ever you don't really want to do, but you got to do it because it's part of the job and you got to get it done, be organized, do that. But the whole thing is, is that when you can find people to put them in those places at their weakest, guess what? Where, like, I'm the same way. A calendar to me, I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, (laughs) I I, I know the dates, I got that stuff, but I'm not naturally inclined to that. But there are some people that are, they love that and they, Mm -hmm. they function very well in that. And so... Um, while you're kind of taking care of the day-to-day stuff, when you can empower someone to do that, they feel fulfilled in, in working in their strengths. And so you actually get a lot more accomplished and it, it, it flows a lot better. Um, but some people, you know, they got to focus on the weakest part of themselves or, you know, their areas that they do stuff and they'll experience more burnout and not necessarily fulfillment. And again, there are times you have to do that. And, and again, you don't just go completely hands off. But if you can start recognizing those things and you can lean into those giftings, be okay with that. Be okay that you can't be everything to everyone all the time. Um, be okay that you can't be everything to yourself. Like you need help. You need people that can, you know, have other natural giftings and you can work together, like you're saying, in the body of Christ. Then you actually work really well together. And I, I love that because... I mean, I'm far from perfect, and I definitely don't have... I'm, I'm weak in a lot of areas. Um, and so I like to empower people because people that um, may be strong in my weakness areas, because they love it. Like, there's this, there's a couple people um, for the campus ministry I work for that love organization, students and staff and all that, and they love making, you know, 
calendars or making Excel sheets or making whatever it is. And I don't care about that stuff at all. And I'm not good at it. And it's more frustrating for me because what they can do in five minutes, it takes me like 20, 30 minutes. I'm just frustrated, whatever. But I've been able to empower and entrust them with those things and they love it and they feel like they're doing what they need to do. I'm feeling like what I need to do. And so it can flow a lot smoother than if I were to try to do it all. And so I think there's a lot of wisdom in that and a lot of good things in that. And um, you're right. Yeah, and I think once you kind of take a step back and, and look at different people and their strengths and what they bring to the table, you get to you kind of put all your maybe like the, the bitterness or anger or whatever you may have or resentment. You kind of go, wait a minute, why, why is that what I'm projecting onto this person? Let me instead love them, show kindness, let me be, you know, in community with them. And it just kind of puts, I think, a lot of relief off. Because when you, like, harbor, you know, I'm thinking of people, like, when you're thinking about people when you're listening to this, like, someone you work with, someone that you come in daily interaction with, it's easy to, like, identify what you don't like about them, you know, or, like, what makes you frustrated with that person, and it's like, just take a step back and realize that person, you know, has their own set of problems, but they also have, you know, some really good things. And I don't know, I think it just makes a, the world a little happier and a little more um, God-filled if you're not always trying to bring someone down or look at what they don't bring to the table instead of trying to really look about what they do bring to the table. Absolutely. Um, the other thing, too, is I think a lot of times... Uh, People go into what I like to call level 10 freakout. And I, <laughs> I just, like when there's a situation or something's going wrong, there's different levels to freak out. But there's some people who automatically go to a level 10 freakout no matter what it is. Like, you know, it's the, you run out of staples, you know, for, for the church or whatever or the office yeah. building. Oh my God! We gotta shut down the building. We gotta call nine one one. We don't have any more staples. And it's like, well, ch- ch- chillax. Like, calm down. We'll order more staples. Well, that's it's not a that's the thing. That's that's the hard part. But that's a part of their personality, and that's some yeah. of the giftings that they bring. In the sense that, if you or I were in charge, of that we'd never have staples, <laughs> and we wouldn't know where the staples are because so that's just not how we are. Right. But there are those people that, for you know, your type A's, type B's, all sorts of stuff. But they, especially for, they're different people and different things can just bring them to a certain place and a certain level at different times than it does other people. You know, I feel like you and I are this similar where it's like, unless your leg is chopped off, it's kind of like, are we really in an emergency? Praise but, it, praise but, it. But that's our kind of personality. But those other people are very much needed because without them, there is no office paper. There is no this. There is no that. And so for the times that, you know, someone really needs that, it can it can keep them from freaking, like someone else freaking out. Cause it's like, I really actually need this right this second and stressing like out about something over Staples where someone else, you know, when they're in that organization place, when they're getting the staples when they're doing it. And so you're right. It is, especially for people like you and me, whenever you're freaking out about something, it's like, well, we'll just go get more staples. It's not a big deal. But that's the hard part of working with organizations, working with people Mm -hmm. and working with different personalities, because not only are you having to work, uh, like you're going to react to things very differently. And so that's where Empowering people, trusting people, and getting people in place that can do stuff. And again, empowering, I think, is so beautiful um, because you're giving people the opportunity. No organization, no nothing that we're a part of, in a healthy way, it, it... you you got to have a team, and you have to empower people and give them the authority and give them the ability to get stuff done. And so I think there's something very great about that when you can find people and say, you're in charge of the staples. Like, you're, you're the one that knows where they are. You're the one that can order more. You're the one that you don't have to ask. Just do it. Make it happen. 
And there's something about that that even something as a small task is making sure there are staples. Someone can feel like I have ownership of it and I have, uh, I'm doing something for the betterment of other people. But yeah, I mean, it, it can be frustrating, especially for people like you and me, where it's like those little freakouts, what we would say little freakouts to them, it's a big deal because we haven't had staples. And what if someone needs a stapler? And, what, and we're kind of like, that's staples, you know? Right. But you're right. I mean, it, it's that's the hard part about working with people. That's the hard part about, um, you know, just being around people at times is that we all have different personalities. You freak out about different things differently. You I mean, everybody has different struggles, different backgrounds, and so you got to learn how people tick and what what they do, but it, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that we're all completely different. You know, I kind of learned a little bit about how I tick more so than I thought I realized. Uh, I went to Dollywood recently. How was it? It was amazing. I love Dollywood. We're not endorsed by Dollywood. Yet. Yet, and I think I heard Dolly's a huge, huge listener, huge fan, and I am likewise a huge fan of her naturally. Um, so I'll probably go on tour with her for a couple, you know, like do a couple live episodes. It makes sense, it only makes sense, only makes sense. Um, you know, I'm always working here nine to five. Um, my producer's Jolie, um, but I digress. Here's the thing. Dollywood is amazing, not only because they have some really good rides. They have more rides than I went when I was like 10 years old. So it's been a long yeah. time since I've been there. They've added so many new roller coasters. It's great. They have a couple rides uh, that are non-roller coaster. They're like, well, they're kind of like roller coaster, but they're not like doing flips and stuff. Yeah. They're more like rides where like you like like see things. and But it's clean. It's super nice. Like they have like mm-hmm. the trash cans. Like I've never been to Disney World, but one of the things I read was like they have like trash cans, so there's no yeah. trash on the ground. Dollywood does the same thing, uh, but it's like kind of rustic looking. But they have all this artwork. They have like these this one section. And it may just be like a seasonal thing, but they have these, all these giant umbrellas that you walk underneath, and it's like a row of blue, pink, green, like yellow umbrellas that you walk under, and it's really beautiful looking. They have like shrubberies that are, like, cut into, like, bears and raccoons and um, you think of shepherds. Yes, uh, that's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Where are the knights who say me? Four of the knights who say, bring us a shrubbery. I love it. But in Dollywood, shout out to Emma, Sydney, Sarah, Kate, and Bennett, who probably do not listen to this podcast. I love them a lot. They were, so Sarah Kate was the other adult, and we had three uh, youth kids with yeah. us who just graduated high school. It was a senior trip. And so we went, and uh, Pistol was supposed to come out with us, but he had some family stuff, so we love him, though. Uh, so we went out there, and I think it was, I drove four hours, and I was a little tired. And like Sarah Kate was with, but she was like working on her laptop, and then... Yeah. The other kids were like, you know, sleeping or listening to music or whatever. After like, like the first like thirty minutes, everybody's chit chatting. Yeah. They're hyped, but then they kind of get in their own little, you know, little yeah. bubbles. You know, it's a car trip. But I'm left there still driving. <laughs> so, yeah. so I get there, and we're supposed to go to Walmart afterward. Like we get there, we, we put all our stuff in, but then we have to go to Walmart to buy groceries for the week. Yeah. And I was a little agitated. And I don't, not at them. They haven't done anything. Like uh, Emma's super sweet. Sydney's hilarious. Bennett's super kind. Sarah Kate's kind. I was just like, I think I was just tired. Yeah. And like, I hadn't, like, maybe I had, like, hadn't had any sugar or something or lack of sugar. And maybe that's what it was or wherever it may be. And one of them looked at me and was like, Ben, you're kind of grumpy right now. And I was like, oh, you want to see Grumpy? I'll show you Grumpy. <laughs> and I, I think also, I think I had a little bit of a reaction to something because my eye was watering. You know how yeah. I get my eye waters? And so I was like, man, they've never... And I had this like moment in my head. They've never seen Grumpy Ben before. like Because I'm yeah. not usually a grumpy guy. I'm usually pretty love, fun-loving and I can go a pretty yeah. long time. I was like, man, I'm kind of grumpy. I don't want to be grumpy. And so then I, I try to like, overcompensate and be like, that. And then like, okay, you can take it now yeah. or not. It's like, all right, you're being kind of weird now. It's like, oh man, now I'm either weird or grumpy. And so, but it was that kind of will quickly fade away. And then I kind of got like back to like being awake. Yeah. Awesome trip. 
highly recommend Dollywood 10 out of 10. Have you been? No, I've never been to Dollywood. Oh, dude, Wesley Retreat. I don't know why Dollywood, you go to yeah. Dollywood, but <laughs> go to Dollywood. Um, you can get a cabin there. Super reasonable. Really? Super reasonable price. We, we, uh, um, Emma kind of organized it and mm-hmm. we had like, like 12 potential uh, seniors. Yeah. Only three of end up going but we had 12 and so we had to book it so we booked a cabin that held 15 people oh <laughs> we man. only had five that went that's awesome so it was ginormous and so we had like all this room it was it was so it was really nice actually and like the great views yeah uh dolly parton did not show up to our cabin we were kind of disappointed we thought she would hang out with yeah, us yeah she was probably a little starstruck though she's like i can't go meet the creator of the Great White Buffalo, but we're we're season two now. We're so, season two now, which I'm sure she's like, "Why didn't I go?" So next time he comes, I'm, I'm yeah, getting up there. She's going to be a season two closing. Oh, okay, she's close okay, us okay yeah. So if when season three comes, absolutely, uh, we're in a bigger studio, probably, yeah, absolutely. But no, that was just a lot of fun, and so I kind of learned a little bit about myself, a little bit on that retreat. Uh, we also, and not to over, uh, I have like two stories I want to tell. And I wish they were in here because they could probably add some sto- stories to it. Two, we uh, we had a movie night the last night, mm-hmm. and luckily they've all graduated, so I don't I'm not in trouble or anything like that. They're all 18 graduated, so they're technically not even students in student ministry yeah. anymore. But they're like, Ben, let's have a movie night. What movie should we watch? And so we're all like talking about movies, and I was like, uh, we should watch The Breakfast Club. That's like a coming of age movie. Y'all have never seen it, and none of them have ever seen it. Yeah, like Emma hadn't seen it. Sydney, Bennett, Sarah Kate, and Sarah Kate says she watched like a little bit of like clips, and I guess I've only seen like the TV version, like you see like on TV. Well, it's one of those things. This is I I see where this story is going, and I love <laughs> the Breakfast Club. But it's one of those things. It's like a song or a movie that you love, and when you're listening it to like your when you're it's just yourself watching it or listening it or listening to it or you have a group of like your friends that you've watched you forget it's like you forget some <laughs> things that are either said or done yes. and then you watch it like you go watch with your parents or you watch or you know you with someone else goggles yeah on. and you're like oh i completely forgot about this yeah so you're absolutely right so the goggles that i've had watching it was with friends and just yeah. myself and maybe it was a tv version that was edited but now I'm like I'm kind of like have my youth minister goggles on, and we're watching it. it. It talks about some pretty heavy topics. Yes, it does. It talks vulgar language. Yep. And they're not. It's not kind to one another. Like they're like it's not the best movie to watch on a church treat at all. Um, and I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? Like this is the worst. And they are laughing at me freaking out about the movie. <laughs> so then it became them watching me yeah, sweating. Uh, not, and so they're not even paying attention. One of them fell asleep, so that was fine. But like it was it was pretty funny that we ended up watching that. But overall, it was just a really good trip. That's good. And I just want to tell everybody, go to Dollywood. Go to Dollywood. It had to be said, go to Dollywood. <laughs> had to be said. We also watched one of the dinner shows. It was like uh, Hatfields and McCoy. Yeah. It's kind of like the, you know, they had the Dixie Stampede. Now it's yeah. called like Dolly Stampede. And they have like a pirate's voyage, and then a third one was—they're all owned by the same. Yeah, I think they're all all owned by Dolly Parton, but it's called Hatfields and McCoys. And when I worked at 4-H camp at Wasiga, they divide the families into like Clampets, McDougals, and then Hatfields yeah. and McCoys. And Clampets are from Beverly Hillbillies mm-hmm. TV show. McDougals are like a local family here in Delonga, and then the Hatfields and McCoys. And so I was a Hatfield my first summer. So when we chose, I chose the Hatfield side. And we all wore overalls because <laughs> we thought it'd be really funny. But all the employees wear overalls at Hatfields <laughs> and McCoys, so we kind of blend in it's with perfect. like the employees. And one of the kids uh, that came, Bennett, was wearing like brand new overalls from Walmart, and you could tell there was a couple employees who were like brand new, yeah. and they also went to Walmart and got their overalls because yeah. it was exactly the same. And so we were walking in and. Uh, you had like these people looking at him, like, is he supposed to be like, w- like working? working? Or, yeah. Like, what are you doing? And I, and I, so we kept calling him Jedediah, like, hey, Jedediah, come over here. Come on, Jedediah, come on. You're not working tonight. <laughs> you got the night off, Jedediah. 
and like just embarrassed them, but it was hilarious. And then we were sitting there, and it's like a, they had the two sides, yeah. you know, the McCoys on this side, Hatfields on this side, and I kept like antagonizing, like you bunch of McCoys, you bunch of cousin kissers, <laughs> like just like saying things, and my kids are just like, stop saying stuff, Ben. Did you get kicked out? Is that nah, no, no, they, they loved it, man. <laughs> they gave us a bunch of fried chicken. Yeah, so it was fantastic. Have you? What's the last like vacay thing that you've been on? Uh, I mean, I, I took a little bit of a sabbatical. Uh, oh, to the beach. That's right. How yeah. was that? It was good. It was good. I I took one uh, month of February. Um, was it cold to get in the water? Like, or was I it- mean, the water was a little cold. You could get in. I got in, um, but it was definitely not like I'm going to sit outside and go swim all day type weather. Um, I mean, it was sunny for the most part. There was some rain. It got. It was when the um, that cold front came through in Texas. Got all that snow. Um, sure. Remember, Houston got a bunch of snow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it so, shut down. I know. They had so much snow. Yeah. Um, and so that cold front came across, and it was abnormally cold even there at the beach. But um, yeah, it was good. That was, uh, you know, this past year was uh, probably one of the roughest years of my life, and so I was in a pretty pretty hard place, pretty low place, and I just, I knew I had to get away for a little bit, um, just all the, the years combining, and then everything I'd been, ex- yeah, everything I'd been experiencing this past year, just personally and professionally and all sorts of stuff, so um, that was kind of interesting, because it was just a sabbatical alone, but I'm going back to the beach uh, tomorrow. Um, After your dad's or ordination yeah yeah my plan is to go to his ordination and then drive to the beach um but we'll see still got to get a ticket but yeah the little beach vacation i love we always have this little debate we had it we didn't air the episode but we had a little bit of a debate between like owning a lake house or a beach yeah, house i remember that we talked about we would want to own a lake house was the consensus because we could live there kind of yeah. year round but then on, on our vacation would be at a beach house. Oh, that's, I mean, that's pretty much, uh, I think every year I've been alive, my family does a beach vacation. Mm-hmm. And we used to, uh, my mom's family did a beach vacation pretty much every year she was growing up. My, my dad's family didn't really do any, like, they didn't have established vacation. And so when my parents got married, my mom was like, well, I want to keep this going. And so we would go down to the beach every year, and we would go with her siblings and her parents. And so it became um, my mom's side of the family we would always go with. And then when when I got, um, man, I guess it'd have to be like 12 or 13, um, we started going with our family friends that are our best friends. Our parents are best friends, and all of us kids are best friends, uh, the Smiths. And... uh, this year will be our 20th year doing that together. 20 um, years? 20 years. So we got a T-shirt for everyone. We got um, koozies. We got all sorts of stuff, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, it's it's all my siblings, their spouses and kids. Um, the Smiths have three boys, um, and uh, two of them are married. The other one's bringing his girlfriend. Um, all my siblings have kids. All their kids come. Uh, my best friend Kale, who's their y- oldest uh, son, has a son, and obviously he comes. Um, so it's it's a pretty packed house, um, but it is a lot of fun, and so I'm I'm very much looking forward to getting down to the beach and being with them because they're they're like they're my second parents. They're I mean we are just best family friends, so it it's going to be a good time for sure. Absolutely. And my, my parents are actually um, about to celebrate 40 years of being married. Holy um, snipes. Yeah, so we're all going to celebrate our 20 years doing the beach vacation together, and then my parents' 40th and... 40th 40, anniversary. Yeah, 40th. They're only 41 years old. I, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know it possible. was highly illegal, but it worked out. You know, it's one of those things, yeah. you know, arranged marriages. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome celebration. My family... We, I mean, I haven't done a family vacation since 2007. Yeah. Which, I don't know if you know that. It's like only like a couple of years ago. JK, what was that? That's like 14 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 14. Yeah. yeah. That's math. That's how it works. Um, so I haven't done a family vacation in 14 years. 
uh, we, my brother and dad and I did go visit Wachula, Florida, because we had a little Wachula alligator yeah. in here, uh, to visit my dad's childhood home. And yeah. it was destroyed. Did I tell you about this? We yeah, you told to, me about it. I'll tell the listeners. We went to Wachula. Love you, Dad. I think my brother listens sometimes. Love you, Will. We went to Wachula, Florida, which is in the middle of nowhere, Florida. And my dad's like, I want to go visit my childhood home, you know, where I grew up and show you all stuff. And we're like, all right, cool. Like, we'll do it. We did it once before, but it was like, once again, 15, 16 yeah. years ago. And so, like, hey, I will go. So we drive down there. Like on a Tuesday, and we go to the house that he was put, like he was born in because back in the day, yeah. we, you know, didn't go to hospitals, and so uh, goes to the place, no house, just sand, a couple bricks, you know where the house yeah. was, and he's like, oh, okay, well, well we'll pull over, Dad, like we'll we'll walk out, so we pull over, and he walks, and he like kind of talks about like where like the house was and parameters and stuff, like oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then he lived in two houses. So that was the one he was born in. So then we go to this childhood home where he lived until about like elementary school. No longer there. Destroyed. <laughs> not, not existing anymore. This is not there. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, all right, cool. We're 0-2 right now. And so then we went to like, he showed us a little place like where his school was. We went and looked yeah. at the school. Uh, the next day, we're going to go look at his like house that he had from like, Mid-elementary until he moved out. They moved to Dwan again, like yeah. in middle school. And so we go to his house, and it's there. It's there. Spoiler alert. It's still not It's not destroyed. But we're looking at it, and he's like showing us some stuff and pointing some things out. We don't get out because someone else is living there. And so we go, and we, we start to drive off. We see this guy like kind of come out of the house. Oh, that's cool, whatever. And like he gets in his truck and just just like backs up and then boom just like bursts out and we're like already leaving and he's just riding our tail just like riding us riding us we're like what the heck like what's going on and so we kind of like like slow and kind of pull over and the guy just like drives around us and then like cuts and like <laughs> stops the car the truck and my dad i'm like is it about to go down? And I always carry a pocket knife, so I, I got my knife out. Like I'm ready to. Uh, that's or, not, I have a feeling this guy was packing. Yeah, yeah, he's packing some heat. But like, I'm gonna at least try. Like maybe throw like a ninja star. She's gonna uh, bounce off. My, of him. my dad's packing packing heat too. Oh, okay, good, good, good. So my dad's got his gun. He's like, "What the heck's going on?" But he's like, "Boys, let me handle this." I was like, "All right, Dad," but like, I don't, we're in a you know a Rav Four. You know, we're not very threatening yeah. vehicle right now. And so the guy gets out of the truck and is walking towards us, and I'm like. Like, this is it. Like, I've watched Band of Brothers. I've seen some action movies. Like, I'm ready to, you know, test my skills. Let's do this. And my dad rolled down his window. was like, can I help you? He was like, why are you all at my house? And my dad's like, well, that used to be my house. I was a graduate of Wachula Middle School, blah, 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 Lived there from, you know, 60-whatever to 70, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so and so, my da da da, and like said some names, yeah. And the guy's like, Hey, I know those people, yeah, that's awesome. He's like, Yeah, yeah, did this, and like, and they like started connecting and chit chatting and blah blah blah. And the guy was like, I've had some people try to steal my boat before, and apparently, that's like a big thing in Florida. Well, where dude, like, it's Florida, it, well, yeah, it's Florida, <laughs> yes, yeah, so true. Um, you can literally Google like the day that you were born and then write like Florida. Yeah. And news articles will come up like June 10th, Florida, my birthday, and it'll pop up and be like, alligator attacks a man at 7 <laughs> Eleven. It's like, wait, what? Why is this happening? It's always Florida. But the guy was like, I just thought y'all were scooping out my house to steal my boats. And I was like, nah, man, we live in Georgia, blah, blah, blah. And, and that, they became best friends. And then that was on Wednesday. It was Tuesday, Wednesday. We we're supposed to leave Thursday. Yeah. Halfway during Wednesday, there was nothing else to do. Well, yeah. Well, like we explored all of Wachula, and most of the things. Would you destroyed. get some oranges? Uh, there was a bunch of oranges, uh, like a lot. We so we took a couple of them. The house that we, the Airbnb we had, was next to an orange field, so we yeah. had like a bunch of them. Uh, my dad's like, "All right, well, I'm bored. You ready to go home?" And so we left a day early. <laughs> so that's the last vacation <laughs> that I've been on with my family until you yeah. know 2007. And so talking about like traditions, I've gotten to do a couple lake. Uh, visits yeah. with the leasings um, with their vacay and so whenever I win the lottery which is pretty uh, it's, it's going to happen yeah it's going to happen I'm manifesting I have a good feeling yeah and I've talked about winning the lottery for many years since uh, you yes, know me yes 
I even text y'all sometimes of like, hey guys, two fifty six million. It's gonna be mine. Hope you're all ready for it. And I'm ready for it. Yeah. And so when that happens, I'm gonna buy a lake house, and that's where I want to start my family traditions for twenty plus years. Is going to I think I think that's a great thing to uh, put all your money and stock into that. I think it's gonna work out. Literally, that's the only reason why I'm doing this podcast. You You got to is to get people to fund my my lottery habits. You You know. I'm going to win that scratch off. I'm just kidding. I'm never going to win the lottery. It's terrible. You might. Who knows? I don't, I'm not promoting gambling either, kids or adults. Don't gamble all your money away. I do every once in a while buy a, a Mega Millions when it hits over. Well, yeah, when it gets over 350 or th- it's like 3350, you start. It's kind of like, why not? Right, it's yeah, worth why not? it. But it's just two bucks. Yeah. No, I like, I like having a, a family vacation. You know, there's some families that like to go travel and explore things, which I think would be fun. I think it would have been fun for, you know, being a military kid and moving around. Mm. It was kind of like having a good stable thing. And we, you know, we always did it with other people. We would do it with my mom's extended family or my mom's side of the family. Um, And then we could bring some friends with us if we wanted to ever. Um, We never, you know, a lot of families do that. Or yeah. like they can bring like a plus one. Yeah. Like like you would bring a friend, you know, Kathleen would bring a friend. My family did not do that. They're like, it's the four of us and no one else. Yeah, well, th- see, the thing is, is that, so growing up, when we would go with my mom's side of the family, she um, she has, she had four sisters, but she's got three sisters and a brother. And so all the cousins went, obviously, so it, there was just a ton oh, of yeah, people yeah. there. And then, you know, especially with us moving around um, some growing up, being in the military, there were times it was like, this may be my last summer with these friends or something like that. We never brought like a whole ton, but we'd bring one or two friends. And I've never brought anyone on beach vacation. Um, the mm. The Smiths just started coming with us, which Kale's, Kale and uh, Little Carson and Cameron are some of my best friends anyways. Um, but their our family have, have just they started. they been doing it for 20 years as well? Yeah, like, this is our 20th year doing it with the Smiths. With the Smiths. Yeah. Okay, I didn't and know if they so, came in later. Uh, so they started coming, and then we just kept that up with them. And then my mom's siblings, you know, just as you grow and they've got kids and other life circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, there were times where some of the aunts or an uncle would be down there at the same time, but we just kind of started establishing it with the Smiths. Um, and it, so I think growing up and moving around, it would have been cool, like, hey, let's go out, you know, let's go look at the Grand Canyon or let's go do this. But the way we vacationed, you know, we were always moving or traveling or doing that type of stuff that we just, we love going to the beach and just sitting at the beach for a week. I mean, we bring all our own food. We cook. We don't, like, if you want to go, now that we're all older and all that type of stuff, like, there might be a lunch or a dinner you want to go out to eat. So you can go out to eat and do whatever, but, like, for the most part, last year, the only time I left our um, our little beach house was I went for a run about every morning, mm-hmm. and then if we had to make, like... Is it right on the beach? Like, mm-hmm. can you walk to... Yeah, we, we, we're right, we, for... Every year we've done this, we're right on the beach. We Is don't it the stay same off. house for twenty years. Uh, no, because obviously family has expanded, uh, and so yeah. last year, the year before, was the first time of us going to Mexico Beach because the house it's the the biggest house we can get because there's so many of us that go. Um, and how so, how do y'all break it down financially? If you don't ask me, because um, there's so many people going. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's very expensive, but we just all um, there's kind of like a the couples pay a certain rate, and if you're, you know, a single me, um, <laughs> are you the only single person though? Well, little Carson is not married, but he's bringing his girlfriend. Ooh. Yeah, but I've I've never brought anyone. I just go down have a good well, time. That's why I brought you in here today. I know you. you I told you I'm a great yeah. plus one. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll be a fly on the wall if you need me to, or I can entertain. Absolutely, whichever one you need for that day, I'm your man. It's it's I'm telling you it's it's a lot of fun and it's it's cool getting to go with the nieces and nephews and Kale's um, Kale's son I consider is he him the a one nephew. that I met at the UGA game Kale. You met Kale Cameron yeah. and Little Carson that day, or Kale and Little Carson that day. Yeah, so I only met Cameron, but yeah, Carson. yeah, met Cameron. Yeah, we and his became wife, best friends, the three yeah. of us. We'll invite you Absolutely. next time we hang out. Perfect, thank yeah, you. Since That'd you be great. Know him. Yeah. Well, Nathan, season two. Yeah, season two. Just kind of catching up, talking about life, 
just yeah. making it casual again, making podcasts casual. Uh, maybe next time we're here, we'll talk about something a little deeper, or we'll just keep doing whatever we want to because it's, yeah. it's, it's know, season two. Season two. We can do whatever we want. The, the, literally, the possibilities are limitless. They are. They are limited in the sense of we can only talk about things. We can't like, you know, we can really, you know, do visual yet. Yet. But we're thinking that about could be season three. Season three. Or you know what? Or mid season two, because there's only two of us. We can get a still camera and like put it on YouTube. I think at some point we need to have like a virtual experience where people could put on some sort of goggles and it feels like they're here. <laughs> Like they're sitting like in the studio, yeah, like some VR type thing. I'm sure, like, I'm sure the Tonight Show has something similar. Got like to. We're sitting with Jimmy Fallon, but yeah, who would you rather sit with Higgins and Jimmy Fallon or Ben and Nathan? Well, it, it's it's not even a contest. It's a toss up. It's going to be Jimmy. Yeah, it's definitely Jimmy, <laughs> and he's the best Jimmy. Throwing that out there. Well, words of wisdom, the nuggets of wisdom, yeah. final thoughts that we always like to end it on here at the GWB. We haven't really talked about like a certain topic, but yeah, given that it's summertime, given that it you know season two, whatever you want to say, it can it doesn't have to be that actual that wise. But what's your first nugget of wisdom for season two? Man, that's a big one. Usually, I've got one locked and loaded, but I'm yeah. having to think about this one. You know, I'll just say this: um, since we talked a little bit about family vacation and traditions and all that type of stuff, is you know even if uh, Start establishing some sort of tradition with, even mm. if it's just you or uh, if you're, you know, in high school, sometimes I know family vacations or family traditions, you're like, oh my gosh, whatever. But you're going to really love those. I've been in a very nostalgic type mood the past few months. And when those things are gone, they're gone. And to really just enjoy that time that you have with people and enjoy those traditions and enjoy those things it, it kind of gives you something to look forward to, but it builds memories and, and something that is a lot more long-lasting than, than you. You know, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about, you know, I just once again, this Dollywood trip is fresh in my mind. Yeah. And so you're talking about, like, doing traditions. We're starting the senior trip to be a tradition. It's the first one we've ever done. Yeah. And so we're going to start that because it's just, one, it's like a, we really appreciate you. Your ministry that you've been in—it's kind of like of. a rite of passage. Though. It's a rite of passage, yeah. right? Well, one of the inside jokes from the story—I hope it translates well for audio—was I always do this thing like since summer camp from back like 2011, 2012. So we're talking about many, many ten years ago. I do this thing where like someone's walking, I'll kind of get in front of them and I'll go, "Oh, look, a quarter." And I would bend over, and they'll walk right into my butt. Yeah. And it's really funny. And they're like, uh. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? I found a quarter. I was looking for a gun drop, you know? Uh, like, this, it's just a joke. And there's not really a quarter at all. Yeah. So if you're really good, you'll have a quarter in your pocket, and that's when you'll do it. And it's just a it's just a funny joke that I do. Well, I do it to on the, on the senior trip. I do it to Emma, and then I do it to Bennett. And then, and like after I did to Ben, they're like, "Ben, that's so weird. Stop doing that. Like, it's like it's weird." And I was like, "What? I have two quarters now. Like, I'm I'm rich. Like, y'all don't have quarters." And like, I'm like, "Whatever." I'm like, okay, fine. Jeez, I didn't think it was weird, but okay. Like, but you know, that's how high schoolers do it. Yeah. They'll just say like, "That's weird," and then makes you feel insecure and like you're a piece of crap. Like, why did I do that? I'm so sorry. Let me rethink my entire life. Not even a minute later, maybe two minutes later. This we're walking, and I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh my god, like eye roll, whatever. This cute little like eight year old girl is like walking. Does she find a quarter? She, no, well, in front of Bennett, does it? She bends over to pick up like something. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a quarter. Bends over, and Bennett like has to like almost like just kind of hurdle the girl, like because uh-huh. he was about to run into her. Yeah. And like so he dodges the girl and we all just lose it and just start laughing. And so for the rest of the trip, we're like, oh look, a quarter. And like it became the inside joke. So like, see, now y'all yeah. get the humor of it. Absolutely. And so and then it gets better. The next day, we're at a restaurant and uh Emma is sitting and she's sitting in this chair, and like, I guess not low to the ground, but you're just sitting in the chair. And this lady who was like a big old lady, like you know, 300 something plus pounds. And she had a big old booty. I kid you not. I kid you not. I kid you not. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. This is my podcast. Um, 
<laughs> Emma, no, this is part of it. She's sitting down, and we're like, hey, Emma, what's that over there? And she turns her head, and I'm not even like an inch away from her is this lady's giant booty just like right in front of her. And she's like, <laughs> like freaks out, and she turns around. We're like, it's a quarter. <laughs> and so, like, it happened like, twice um after you know they said it was weird and then it became like the the inside joke of the weekend yeah. <laughs> like look at there's a quarter it's perfect it's a, it's a great tradition it's, it's a, a great, great tradition story. anyways nathan thank you for being here today on the podcast thanks for having me ben yeah it's a great season two ladies and gentlemen if you haven't already subscribe on apple leave us a five-star rating i think we hit like almost 80 uh five stars in reviews so we would love to get to 100 uh Tell a friend. This is important. We learned this. I also host another podcast for the church that I work at. And so one of the things we always say is tell a friend about the podcast. The word of mouth helps spread the news, helps people learn about it, say, hey, this is a funny episode or this is an insightful episode. And we just really appreciate y'all spreading the word and love of GWB. And I hope you enjoy listening and season two. It's going to be amazing. We got a lot of things coming up for you. So we're just going to say we love you. Thank you for listening to the Great White Buffalo Podcast.